The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about Max really moment. County is like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game chief. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. But, most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. It's Championship Week. Ben, you all excited? I'm very excited, Gary. I am. I'm extremely, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm that excited. Have you got your championship haircut? I'll get that on Thursday or Friday, I think. Oh, very good. Uh, well, we published a fantasy hurling tips video for the championship, which is available on our YouTube channel. So if you're playing fantasy hurling this year, make sure and check that out. There was loads of sport going on at the weekend. The Wexford Camogie Girls won the Division 2 League. Congratulations to them on that. And a recent winner of this podcast's Player of the Week, Anne Curran, was the player of the match in that final. Then the under-20s had a good win against Westmead up in Mullingar. Ben, you were up at that. Good game? It was a decent game. It wasn't spectacular. It was a decent win, but I wouldn't say it was an amazing performance or anything like that. Yeah. And then the minors were beaten by Kilkenny, but are still on track for a Leinster semi-final spot. We're joined by former Ferns sharpshooter Eddie Cullen and Aidan Delaney from Off the Ball to look ahead to the start of the Leinster Championship and first discuss the underage games. So Cully, tell us, um, you managed to get a few minutes away from the golf at the weekend to, to watch a bit of hurling? Yeah, I was in Belfield there, Ben, for the, for the minor game. Um, great start. I think they went nine points up at one stage, so they're looking good, but Fairness to Kenny, now they weren't too bad and maybe a little bit stronger on the day. And we were kind of under pressure for scores a bit in the second half. But uh, I'd say there's not much between the two de- teams. So I'd say Michael Jacob is happy enough now. He's just planning for the, the next day. I think if Kenny beat Dublin, I think that will put Kenny and Wexford straight to the semi-finals. And they might have uh, Dublin at home, and, at home in Belfield as far as I know, or at home and, you know, so you give them a good chance of beating Dublin and maybe get another crack at Kenny in Leicester final then. Yeah, I was, at, I was at the Dublin game a couple of weeks ago and they were, even though they only won by a point, but they had the game won. Like they, they were 10 points up with only a few minutes to go and somehow somehow let Dublin back into it. I don't know. Who who impressed you for Wexford? Uh, I thought the uh, centre-back Ben Aspel had done well there. Now, in fairness, probably the best player on the field was probably the Kilkenny centre-back, but the two centre-backs seemed to have a sitting role, so they didn't seem to be doing as much marking like when, like the normal game nowadays where centre-back does sit and, and pick up a bit of loose ball, but the Kilkenny centre-back was a ling from uh, the Roar in Stieg. He made a vital interception about 10 minutes ago on 
I think it's Paulie Doyle from St. Anne's midfield. He's a very, very good player and he was get, really getting into it at that stage and he came soloing through from about 40 yards out. It looked like he was just had a shot on goal from about 10 yards in front of the keeper, but he came across the Kenny centre-back and he made a brilliant interception and kind of, I think Kenny went down and got a point off the, off, the, off the interception and probably ended up deciding the game for, for a finish now, you know. Um, Simon Roach was very was good as well. He tried very hard. I think Kenny had her homework done on him. They seemed to bottle him up a little bit. But in fairness to him, when he gets the ball, he likes to take on his man and stuff like that. And he's he's hardy. And Killian Byrne then was very sharp in the corner the first 10 or 15 minutes. We didn't get enough ball into him then probably after that. But definitely there's three or four plenty potential there anyway, you know. Yeah, those those guys you mentioned there impressed me a lot. Paddy Dyle scored an unbelievable goal against Dublin. When we're looking at the minor final last year online, I thought he was very good. I think he was being back there on last year's team. So I'd say I'd say Michael is happy enough now and, and he knows like not to get carried away if that had got bit had a bet there. I had a one there, sorry, on on Saturday or straight to, through to a semi final. They mightn't have had a game for another three or four or five weeks and sometimes that works against you anyhow, you know. So they might build up another bit of momentum now before they, they get to Dublin or they get to Kilkenny again, hopefully, you know. Hopefully so, yeah. Killian Byrne is doing an unbelievable scoring rate. He has four four goals in two games now. Hopefully yeah, he's he can keep it up. Yeah, yeah he's Keane's brother. Um Keane's with the minors there, the Leinster final win the minor panel and uh, mm. they're both of them are sons of Jim. Jim was a member of the ninety six uh senior squad, so they're both half carries as well, so they uh, uh can't go too wrong, I suppose, you know. Yeah, the under twenties had a good win, well, decent win against Westmead. I was up at it. They didn't, um, weren't overly impressive, really. But I suppose they got the job done. Probably Shamey O'Hagan, probably one of the best. I I think David Codd was good. But the interesting thing from that is you were a selector on that team in 2019, Cully, and there was only five starters from the team that started at the weekend. Like, is there? Are, yeah. are we are we not doing something right to bring? Like, if we can't bring lads through from minor to under twenty. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, look, at, to be honest, now I thought maybe give me three years uh, from the minor winning team, I would have said at least one or two would probably have cemented their place on the senior panel or team even. But like, we don't have anyone really close that was on the starting fifteen in the Leinster final. Now Richie has been hampered with injury, you know. Kyle Scallon wasn't playing at the weekend. Keane Malloy, how, how was he, he? He was playing, was he? He was playing centre back, yeah. yeah. Did okay, Did okay. Yeah, yeah. Like Keane was very strong at minor as well. Like so, I would have thought maybe him and Richie. Uh, Justin Moore was another fella. He was very athletic sort of fella, and you thought he'd have the physique and the and the power and the pace to go play senior, but he, he hasn't featured that much the last couple of years too. So it's look at I don't know. It's a bit. I suppose COVID didn't help a lot. Maybe young fellas like you know take different paths or whatever like that. But like like the under twenties the last couple of years two previous years wouldn't have been able to get together as much as they would have liked to presume or, or I assume like you know training and stuff like that just were hampered with the whole COVID situation so I thought there would have been more starting but then again just look at I'm sure anyone the only one that's the no best Keith roster and all them they're, they're looking at him twice or three times a week now so they, they know what's going on so anybody's on the team I'm sure it's worth their place on the team and hopefully look at Again, getting out of Mullingar with a win, that was the big thing. Um, I'm sure Keith just happy to get out of there, plan for the next day. I think it's Leash, is it, Ben? 
playing Leash on the 19th of April. And yeah. I think I think it might be in Wexford Park. But I think the, I think at the side of the draw they're in, I think they have Dublin in the semi-final probably then if they win that. So they're a great chance of getting the Leinster final. And I, and I think they're a group, if they do get the, as far as the Leinster final, I'd say they're a group that will improve every day, you know, and hopefully get the few lads back from injury and have, have, have a few more you know, a few more lads to pick in different positions or whatever like that. Like. Ed, how was Oshin Pepper there? Obviously, you know, we've seen a lot of him with the senior panel and stuff recently. Do you think that he's been a bit overburdened because he's playing with so many different teams and, you know, he's going to be, you know, a big part of the, the referees coming later in the year as well. Do you think he needs a bit of a break or has he found his level really at under 20? Hard to say, isn't it? Really, like, he wasn't... I, I didn't think he was amazing or anything, but he ended up at 1-1. Yeah, yeah, and when he was on the ball, he didn't get that much ball. But when he was on it, he kind of looked, he looked superb when he was on it. If you know what I mean, there was they had a good few chances to score goals, and no one could take him. But as soon as he got the chance, he was going to take it. You know, yeah, because I heard he hadn't had a brilliant game, and then you know when you get one one in a kind of a close game like that, you know it sounds a lot better than it was. But do you think that was more down to the ball he was getting then? Probably, yeah. Like, yeah, it's always hard when you're. I mean, he's going to be a marked man as well, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. Westmead are looking at that, what under-20 players yeah. are getting senior time at Wexford. He has that marked status, yeah, yeah. So he is going to stand out and they are going to put somebody on him. So he's a young lad and he's going to deal with that, I suppose, coming through. But, you know, he's certainly got the talent and it's great to see that he's shown it at every level. Like. When you're saying overburdened, you would imagine that, because I know Dar Egan has a good relationship with Key Roster, you would imagine that they're managing, they're managing yeah. those lads well, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that, all right. From your perspective, in looking at looking at the players who are getting time with the, with the senior team, the under twenty players who are getting with the senior team, would you be thinking we we'll lose any of those guys from the under twenty setup to the senior? As in, if if they play one minute of senior championship, they can't play under twenty. I think really the problem that Wexford have had for the last little while is that they have been kind of over reliant on a couple of players, and you know, obviously we've we've been you know so blessed to have such a great strong panel for the last couple of years and there hasn't been too many have dropped off but I do think that there does need to be that kind of exuberance of youth and I think you've seen the likes of Charlie McGuckey and, and Oshin Pepper as, as we've been speaking about coming in and they just add that bit more energy to the team and particularly when you think back to you know the, the Tipperary game and all that kind of stuff you know having to bring lads back on isn't a great look and I think Dara Egan is really kind of focused in on the fact that he won't have to do that and to give these young lads a chance I'd say probably blood him in already I know obviously Keith Rossiter won't keep him at their level, but I think you'd want to get those young lads in. And even if it is just for one minute of championship action, even if it's against, you know, Westmead or Leash or whatever, that'll stand to them going forward. And we, we need those lads to come in eventually and take the places of the other lads. So, yeah, I would keep them in with the senior panel and just even get them to experience it. You know, some of those lads will still be able to play under 20 next year, you'd have to imagine. So, I think keep him in the senior panel and, and, and give him a go anyway, even if it is just against Westmead and Leash. Stupid rule though, I think, isn't it? In fairness, I think a yeah. lot of people are giving out about it. Now it's more I think, you know, football and hurling, like, you know. I, I hate the rule. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. You get the idea that it is to stop players being overburdened and stuff like that, but it, particularly when, you know, there isn't going to be any club commitments until later on in the year and, you know, let's be fair, Wexford are probably going to go all the way in both codes. That These lads will eventually get a break some stage during the summer that, you know, they will be able to play both codes if they wanted to. And, you know, they're, they're probably playing soccer and rugby and stuff anyway. Like, you know, so they're they're fit young lads and they want to be playing 
as many sports as they want. So uh, I would be in favor of, of letting them play as much as they want. But, you know, the rule is there and I suppose you have to just deal with it as you can. Yeah, I think I think what they're referring to is if if some of those under twenty players play a minute with the seniors, then they can't play under twenty anymore. So, you know, while the likes of Oshin Pepper and Corey Burndon Barr could have a really strong under twenty year, like if if Darry Egan brings them on for five minutes uh, on on Saturday, then they can't play under twenty for the rest of the year. And they mightn't get get any more game time with the seniors for the rest of the year. So you're kind of you're damning yeah. them to to no more game time. Yeah, yeah, that's where the rule kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I think Danny, in fairness to Darry Egan and his uh, management team, there this year, I think if any young fella, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, thought that he'd have a chance of getting on the or getting a game with the senior senior squad, I think that that's been brilliant for what Darry Egan and Willie and them lads have done. Like you know. Uh, key like the amount of young fellas have given game time between the Walsh Cup and the and the National League, like you yeah. know, um, it's definitely what was needed, you know. And I think nobody in the county, and apart from any under twenties or under twenty ones or whatever, like that, anyone that plays hurling at a high level club and fancy themselves for a, a crack at the county panel or anything like that, I don't think they can have any excuses with the way the lads have uh, uh, given game time to different fellas, like you know. The, Old Ushin Foley or likes of Ushin Foley and um, Charlie McGuckey and like they wouldn't have featured the last couple of years with seniors and maybe other management teams would have been afraid to give them a crack or whatever like that or, or afraid to try a few lads in the league games but definitely Darry Egan and them haven't been afraid to do that you know and hopefully come the knockout or come the championship here now that will stand to them you know that's a great point because, you know, in the previous management team, I suppose, like we were already saying that, you know, there was kind of an over-reliance on certain players and that could have left some of those minors in under 20s, you know, feeling a bit despondent when it came to getting the actual call-up and am I getting a call-up because I'm good enough to actually play or am I getting a call-up just to make up, you know, numbers on a panel? But, you know, when Dara Egan comes in, he's certainly shown that, you know, it's an open-door policy. If you're good enough, you're going to come in and you're going to play. So that. Get, you know that's a boost to the lads it's a, a vote of confidence in them and that will stand to them in whatever even if they do end up just playing under 20 for the rest of the year in the championship you know they know that listen I, I've been to the top table I know what it takes to to play with some of the, the lads who have been Leinster champions who have you know got to an All-Ireland semi-final and and that will bring on their standards and hopefully it'll bring on the under 20 standards and you know it's a it's a what's an opposite of a vicious cycle it's a good cycle in a sense that you know that that'll improve the under 20s and then they'll be able to step up to the senior team when they're ready and that'll improve the senior team too I'd say Ben the biggest shock you got with the team sheet on Saturday night was probably AJ Redmond cornerback was it? Well I'd, I'd heard a bit of I'd heard a few rumours that that was what was going to happen anyway Yeah yeah AJ got a minor all-star corner forward in 2019 so or I'm sure he's plenty of hurling, and plenty of skill and all that, you know. So he's just been playing with Carlo IT, thinking in the backs and centre back for that newer the last couple of years. So he's been playing a good bit in the backs, but he'd be well able to go forward if he if if, if needs we to now, you know. Yeah, he, he seemed to be playing kind of like a a sitting role centre back for Rat Newer, nearly like a like a quarterback or like yeah, Mark Coleman yeah, yeah, yeah. Cork. Yeah. But uh, when I heard he was cornerback, I I was surprised last year when I saw him centre back, but. Fair play to him, he did very well there. But then when I heard he was quarterback, I thought it was a bit too extreme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the next stop is from the goal or whatever like that. Like, you know, it was a little bit like he he did he did all right. Like, but it was a little bit you know the way if you want to push up on a puck out, 
the, any short puck out that Wexford hit was to him like so if you're looking at it from the opposition you'd be thinking let's just make ah, yeah, sure. yeah. Well, it's, just, it's like what Gary was saying there like AJ's striking is very good and, and he has been a forward for most of his life so he'll know what type of ball to put into the forwards whether you know like to be no problem that way but his striking is excellent and sure he's he that minor final that day he's, I don't know what he scored about 10, 11 or 12 points from freeze like excellent free taking as well but like Keen Bourne is there this year with the under 20s and he, uh, you know maybe I didn't I wasn't there Saturday night but his free taking is excellent too you know, you know he's top class free taker as well with the club and with the county yeah he was I think he if my memory is correct I think he only missed one but it was from in, inside his own half so yeah. yeah yeah no he's very good very 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 good yeah he was a big threat as well but just didn't just didn't get the scores no. Yeah, no, he's very sharp, very skillful, um, loads of potential, and like it's, I'm not surprised that it's he's hovering around the senior squad as well. Um, I was out in the centre of excellence there. The under twenty ones were playing um, uh, some of the senior panel there a couple of weeks ago, and he looked very sharp. He centre forward on it, and he's probably the main sharpest one, on, nearly one of the sharpest on the pitch that night. You know. <laughs> We'll we'll move on from the underage now, and we look ahead to the weekend. And I suppose the next six weeks going forward for Wexford, um, playing Galway in Wexford Park Saturday evening. We have been looking great in the league, and then we obviously stopped in our tracks big time against Waterford. Playing Galway now Saturday evening, like would do you think, Aiden, that that Waterford game like is a good wake up call? As in, we know what it takes, or is it? really damning to confidence what way would Wexford be taking it yeah it's an interesting one I've heard some people say over the last couple of weeks that it was you know uh, this is just a one-off and you know it was the end of the league and after a good run of form you know there's a there's a good time to lose and that might have been a good time to lose when you still had a couple of weeks to build up to the championship but you know it's a one-off that's happened twice this year now when you take in the Walsh Cup final as well and you can go on about the Walsh Cup being a, a pre-season tournament and doesn't matter all that much but you know winning begets winning and you know particularly when there's silverware on offer you might as well go out and win those trophies and, and have them in the trophy cabinet and then you can point back and say listen we've we've already gotten to a final we've gotten to that stage and, and built ourselves up to to be a team that can win things so I think it, it was disappointing obviously and you know, the, the the real disappointing fact was that we never really laid a glove on them. You know, if if you go out and you kind of have a, a, a battling loss, you can say, listen, there's lessons to be learned here and we can take it on. Wexford this year have been a bit like the Southampton soccer team for the last little while. Southampton, when they're good, they can battle any team and beat any team. But when they just kind of throw their hands up in the air and then, then they can have kind of 9 nil losses and 6 nil losses like they did recently. And Wexford have been a bit like that. When they don't seem to be in a game, they just kind of, give up a little bit. And I thought that the most disappointing aspect was that red card for Jack O'Connor, because that is something that we haven't seen from Wexford for the last little while. And obviously he was very frustrated and he was, you know, kind of just uh, lashing out really, but it was such a stupid red card and, you know, okay, it was a second yellow. It probably could have been a red really. Um, and he, it won't affect his, his participation on, on Saturday, but it's just something you don't want to see players just throwing their hands up and saying, okay, we're, we're giving up on this. And, you know, that's not what you want to see, particularly when you're coming into, you know, two of the biggest games in the year when Galway and Dublin come down because they're the games that are going to make or break Wexford season already. And I just hope that, you know, 
they have been able to take some lessons from it. They did take lessons from the Walsh Cup final and, you know, obviously went on that unbeaten run. So you're hoping that something similar will happen again against Galway. And it's it's a good game to have as well, coming back home. Hopefully it'll be a big crowd there on Saturday evening and they'll cheer the lads on and, and you know, just hoping that they can take the lessons from that beating. You said it could, it might affect, or it won't affect his participation on Saturday. It could, uh, depending on how Dara Egan took it. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Do you think we have it in us to improve enough to beat Galway, Cully? I was thinking about it earlier there, Ben. It's just the whole thing is so hard to call, like, you know. I think definitely to our advantage is Wexford Park uh, for Galway and Dublin. Um, I'd be very disappointed if we don't win one of them. Um, Galway are, I don't think they know their best team yet. I think it's hard for a new manager coming in, like Henry Shefton, like as good a hurler and stuff, whatever he is. Galway seem to have a lot of the one standard sort of player, you know, especially in the forwards. And uh, I'd say they're a good bit away knowing their best team. I think Wexford were getting to know their best team and maybe the water match probably has threw everything up in the air as well. Um, but look at, uh, I think home advantage and the home crowd, what's going to be there, nine, eight or nine, ten thousand maybe. You know, if that Wexford crowd gets behind the lads on, on Saturday, I think Wexford are going to be very hard to beat. But as I say, just I'm not certain what the team is going to be. I'm just looking forward to see what way they line out. Like you know, I I don't think that um that the Waterford game. I don't think that was close to what Wexford's starting team will be, and not because of the result. I I still think that Darry Egan was in experimenting mode, and he didn't change things too much either. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being over optimistic, but but I'm kind of yeah. I I'd say I'd say the lads are definitely hoping they would have had Leach in back in like you know full full fitness now by this stage. But I can't see him featuring on 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 Saturday night. No, I hope I'm wrong now, but I I'd be surprised if he is playing. Definitely surprised if he's starting. It's that it's just around the half hour line. I'd say you could guess two or three different uh, lines, and you wouldn't be sure what the team is going to be like that. The half hour line, especially you know. Yeah, it's very interesting because I think Lee Chin was probably not in a position. Obviously, he was injured in that, but going into the Waterford game, I certainly wouldn't have had him in my starting lineup anyway because I thought the players that had played during the league had justified their positions. Obviously, a big hammering like that makes you question everything, and and you kind of want to put Lee in there from the start just because he is that leader and he is that focal point. But uh, personally, I think that there's probably players that are in better form than him that can, you know, add that bit more. And as I was saying earlier on, Wexford need a, a panel now. It's it's no longer a 15-man game. It's a 20-man game and you need to get those players off the bench. So I think Lee coming off the bench, you know, if he is anyway near full fitness, I'd still have him on the bench because I think it, it's going to be a, a psychological blow more than anything else if you're a, a Galway halfback and, you know, maybe Wexford are leading by two or three coming into the last 10 minutes and then you see Lee Chim coming on. That'll give the Wexford fans a boost. That'll, you know, hopefully shift the momentum into Wexford's favour as well. So even if Lee was fully fit, I'd still have him on the bench. But that's just my personal opinion. I'd expect Oshin Foley to come into the half-hour line. With who? With who? Yeah. Well, I, I'd be putting Jack O'Connor in there and then probably Lee McGovern. But um, as Gary said, Darry Egan might not take him too kindly to what Jack O'Connor did. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I'd say... The two inside men are going to be Rory and Connor Mack. Like, and if they hit form, they probably could decide the game for us. Like, you know, if an on-form Rory O'Connor and Connor McDonald, now I think 
at home Saturday we'll beat Galway like you know but we have to get the good supply into them and all that the only thing I am a little bit concerned is the half forward line and I'd, pro- I'd probably go with Jack O'Connor as well it's just that I think in the inter-county game now you need someone out around 50, 55 yards in that's taking what you want to call him a shooter or whatever like that and nine times out of ten this dad is going to put the ball over the bar I don't think we have that at the moment the best the best fella from that range is D O'Keefe. He's been fantastic for us for the last ten years. But I have a feeling that we're for starters on Saturday night they might drop him back a little bit, you know, and they don't do not concede maybe early in playing a couple of goals or anything like that. It's they might drop uh D O'Keefe a little deeper and that means I'm not sure but who's going to be the fella that'll step up to get the four or five points from play, you know, from, from 50, 55 yards out, you know. I do think like Jack O'Connor's capable of scoring from, from he is, but, but yeah, no, no, I agree. But I'm not certain he's going to start. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, Charlie McGuckin must be fairly close, fifty-fifty. That, that's as well. I'd say, you know, I think it could be Charlie McGuckin or Oshin Foley that starts. You'd imagine Liam Ogle start. Oh, Liam Ogle start. I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mikey Dwyer will start. I'd say. Yeah, Mikey will surely be inside, won't he? He'd be inside yeah. coming out. I don't know. Coming out, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they might they might decide uh, kind of they might push Kevin Foley up the field a little bit might be any harm either but I uh, and I'd say Colin Flood will have to have a good case for starting he had such a good national league as well I'd say some people were, not, were surprised he didn't start against Waterford but I'd say he could be in the plans for Saturday he'd be hundred percent on my team anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he might have he might have harmed his own chances of starting by playing so well coming off the bench against Waterford that he is that option now that he does bring that energy and he can, he can you know score from out the field as well. I, I, I would have him starting, starting as well. I think I think I think yeah. I think he's he's he should be a shoe in to be starting. He's probably been Wexford's best player in all the games so far. I mean, he's he's always you know he's always contributed. <laughs> well, other other than Rory, obviously, Rory. Rory's at a different level. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Connor is capable of getting up to that level too, like you know, we all know that. Like, so he's been, you know, he's, he shows flashes. Like he was pretty, the Walsh Cup match against Kilkenny down there. He was, he was, uh, he, was, he, was he was excellent in, but like he should, and even he got, he hasn't been in games as much. But some of the points and some of the like he gets a lot of hardship in there when he's full forward. Like you know, kind of that's be battering off him. But um, is there a more fouled player in the country? And and doesn't actually doesn't it? actually get the freeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I would say if, if you could catch Desi Hutchinson, you'd probably try and foul him. But sure, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's but... impossible to catch him. Like you know, there's a couple of photos. There's a couple of photos of Wexford GA put up after the Warford game, and you can actually see the fullback's arm around Connor Mack's waist. You know, holding him as he goes to shoot. No free. Yeah. You can see Tug De Barker coming in and putting both hands on Connor's arms, stopping him doing anything. No free, like yeah. Look at I, I, if if we can isolate Connor under a couple of walls, just one on one in the championship, I'd I'd say I I'd be happy enough as a Wexford supporter that he'll come out on like three out of every four, he'll be winning, and then well that could end up in a couple of goals. So uh, I'd be happy enough with that. Um, it's it's just it's just simmering a little bit, like but there's definitely there's definitely more in him, and I'm hoping that the next couple of games he'll really turn it on, you know. Yeah. Need a couple of big games from him. He hasn't got uh, he hasn't got it easy though with the quality of fullbacks in the game at the moment either. Oh, like Prunty is a big fella as well, like isn't he? Uh, it'll be it'll be Dye Burke now on on Saturday, I'd imagine. 
That's right, yeah. yeah. And if he doesn't win a first time, there's always a second fella coming in. Yeah. You know, he has to be two men a lot of time. Yeah. Looking at Galway, uh, I know you were saying they probably don't know their, their top team. Like They went very quietly through the league. New manager with Shefflin in there. They've lost a couple of players, like they've lost Joe Canning. There's no sign of Johnny Glynn being back anymore. They've lost Aiden Hart. How, why are they such favourites? Not not just against Wexford. They are favourites against Wexford, even though they're travelling down to Wexford Park. But in ter- like for the All-Ireland in general, they're like third, fourth favourites. Yeah, I suppose they have seven or eight still, though, Gary, of the, the All-Ireland winning team. If you go through it, well, six or seven that could be starting on, on Saturday, like between Connor, Connor Wheel and Joe Cooney. I don't know whether David Burke now, he could feature now from the start. But they also have down the middle, they have Cherry or McInerney's Grow McInerney and Dottie Burke as well. Like, you know, so look at they did show as well away to Limerick in the league. Their performance that Saturday night was excellent as well, now to be fair. They probably, guys, I'm sure Henry Shefton wasn't happy the way they went out of the league for a finish, but uh, potential wise, Galway are always up there with the top, like, you know, so. I don't know what to do with four minor orders in a row there. So you'd be wondering, like, if we were in the same situation with the four <laughs> minor orders in a row, we'd be very happy. Uh, but uh, potential-wise, I think that's why they're favourites. Like, you know, if they did click, and yeah, I'm sure some of these minors under tw- under 20s will have to start standing up as well. Like, you know, I, what's the... Evan Nyland, though, I thought he would have pushed mm. on, but he doesn't seem to be... In, I, don't, I don't know whether he's starting on Saturday either, you know. Uh, Brian Kincannon is a fairly sharp player I'd say one man who's very upset to see that Galway would be favourites in this game is probably Henry Shefflin because I, you know these are two two new managers coming into this game neither of them are going to get sacked if this season goes wrong you know they're they're starting to build something and they're going to be there for a long time so I heard James Skehill talking during the week or it was last week I think it was and he was saying that the kind of expectation in Galway is that you know even if they were to get to a Leinster final, that would be progress and, and that's enough for them. So I think that's where Galway's level is at the minute. So I, I can't see them being that much better than Wexford. Obviously, we've played them already, even beaten them. And, but when you look at Galway's results in the league, they kind of won the games they should have won and kind of lost the games they were due to lose other than the, the Limerick game. And obviously, Limerick weren't at the, the levels that they're usually at. And there was a, a, a red card for um, Hegarty in that game and everything. So... I wouldn't really take that result as, as Galway at their, their very, very best either. So I, I would say that Wexford are probably favourites, particularly when this game is at home. You know, they have got, you know, they have had that bit of a run this year. Um, they do have a bit more of a settled team. I know we were talking about, you know, players coming in and stuff like that, but Wexford do have the the kind of the, the general base of a team. And, and Henry Shefflin is probably using this year as an experimentation. He's not going to be too upset if, if Galway, you know, lose a couple of games for two or three points. And he'll know that the, when you look at kind of the Liam Cahill model down in, in Waterford, it took him a couple of years to kind of get his team up to speed. And, you know, you look at the, the pressing and stuff that Waterford do now, I, I can imagine that Galway will do something similar in a couple of years' time, but it, it takes those couple of years to get that into place. So Galway won't, you know, throw Henry out if this season goes wrong. So I can't imagine that they'll go too far in the in the year. And, I mean, even if they were to beat Wexford, I can't see them getting past Dublin or 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 Kilkenny in Leinster this year anyway I think they have Kilkenny at home so I wouldn't say Kilkenny would be looking forward to going to Pierce Stadium to play Galway if it was a winner take all but 
I don't know. Would you? Would you? What would you? Would you settle for one win and one loss the next two matches, Gary? Or I think I would. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm always op- optimistic and thinking sure we can. They're both in Wexford Park, you know, win the two yeah. of them. But you can't really go lose the two of them, and then oh, no. provided you beat Leash and West uh, Leash and Westmead, you'd have to go to Northern Park to try beat Kilkenny. Like that's the last thing you want. Um, our record against Galway as well has been fairly shocking in Leinster. Like we haven't beaten them in Leinster. Um, 2010 beaten in Nolan Park, beaten in Leinster final in 2017 by nine points. Beaten Wexford Park in 2018 by nine points, and then there was the draw, 16 points each in 2019 in Galway. Actually, that was a a really good result for Wexford that ended up get getting Wexford into a Leinster final and knocking Galway out. Um, yeah, if we, if, we lose, if we lose the first two games, it'd be very hard for, for the lads to pick, pick themselves up. But yeah. then, then on the flip side, home advantage and win the two games, you're, you're like, yeah. every, everything changes then, you know, you're looking forward and no disrespect to Westmead and Leash, like, you know, as Aidan was saying, you could give someone a bit of game time in them two games and then have another crack then Actually, Kenny, like you know, a fully fit leech in back by then, surely, like you know, be, and and then it's the final, then to look forward to like so. The first two games are just so important, like you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. I wouldn't take one win, one loss. I want two wins because I want to be in. That, I want to be in that Leinster final. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of a quirk of the fixtures as well that Kilkenny. We won't really know what level Kilkenny are at because they're obviously taking on the the two lesser teams, if you like. Uh, first off so you know they're probably going to get four points from those games and, and we won't learn a whole lot about them until they come up uh, against the, the bigger teams so it'll kind of skew our thinking a little bit because you know we'll, we'll see Kilkenny put whatever it is 16-17 points on leash and you know we'll go oh Kilkenny are looking really dangerous so far in the year but that might not be the level that they're at either Um so it's kind of a, a quirk of the fixtures that Wexford have, have got probably what they're well the Kilkenny game is the hardest, but you know, two of their harder games first. And if they manage to get over those hurdles, I probably would take a win and a loss so far. But you know, it's going to be so tight between all four teams. We don't really know what kind of level Dublin are at either because they can really blow hot and cold on occasion. So I think if, if Wexford get a, a win on Saturday, I think they should have enough to account for Dublin. And then, you know, it's kind of the, the hype train builds towards that Kilkenny game. But, you know, we have to make sure that we get the result in every single game this year because it is going to be so tight at the end of the Leinster Championship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's came down with the score difference before in that in, in mm. the group the last time. You know, so yeah. So do do we, do you rest players against Leash and Westmead or like do you go? Will, will we know more at that stage whether we need to actually go for the jugular? Mm. And is there a surprise in Leash or Westmead like Leash against Dublin a few years ago in two thousand and nineteen as well? Yeah, well, Westmead looked very yeah. decent in that in that uh, league game. There was it last weekend, and you know, winning Division Two and that like. So, they certainly won't be any pushovers. I think Leash have probably found their level, and and you would always give you know you'd always back Wexford in a game against Leash. I know it's oh, yeah. going to be away, and, and you know Leash have certainly come on in, in the last couple of years, and we've seen that in the in the club game as well against the referees and stuff. But you would you would certainly back Wexford, particularly if they if they go into that game on the back of two wins, and you know the the excitement starts to build up. You would hope that maybe some of the I wouldn't even see it as resting players. I'd see it as as giving other players another chance to come in and and, and try to prove their level. Yeah. Because, like I say, you'll need those lads later on later on down the line. 
those two two games against Westmead and Leash, they're big. Like you say, score difference a couple of years ago, Galway just didn't get through because they didn't be Carlo by enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what Collie was just. I don't, saying. I don't, I don't think Dara you going to be looking at the Westmead or Leash game yet, though. Aren't they? So oh no, no, focused on focused on Saturday now first, mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd, ima- I'd imagine that they've been focused on Saturday, like all through the league. I think getting to the league semi final was a bonus. Uh, I think that every, everything they've done so far is is aimed at these first two games in the Leinster Championship. One thing that Dara has said that I thought was really interesting is, you know, kind of the focus on, you know, he's had training sessions on, on Saturday evening and, you know, he's, he's had challenge games on Saturday evening and he's really focused on the time and, you know, having a game on a Saturday and stuff like that, which is really interesting to hear because it wouldn't really, I wouldn't pay much attention to it as, as a fan, what time the, the day the game is on, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. But obviously that does pay, you know, it does make a difference to players and management teams. And it, it's very interesting that he's, not only has he focused on what he's going to do against Galway, he's focused on, you know, how the preparation is going to go Saturday morning, what they're going to do Friday night, how they're going to celebrate on Sunday, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, so it's very interesting to see that he's, you know, really micromanaging everything uh, when it comes to this big game. Connor Whelan is obviously going to be the Galway danger man. So we're going to have to have a plan to stop him. Who's the man for the job? Any suggestions? I think Connor Whelan would be. I think he's ready made for either Liam Ryan or Matthew Hannon. Like, you know, he wants an arm wrestle, and there's no two better lads than Matthew or Liam to give him the arm wrestle, you know. He's very good, though. He's excellent. He's he's powerful and very fast as well, like, you know, and a good hand. And, and he's kind of a bit like Conor McDonald now. If he hits form, he could, he could do serious damage to you, you know. He did play yeah. in full forward in their last game against Clare in the league. And I mean, if he's full forward, yeah, Liam Ryan, you're happy enough with Liam on him. If he's corner forward, do you, do you think Matt goes back corner back? He did play in the league there in in a few games, in at least one game. Oh no, he, he I think he definitely start corner back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's the other corner back going to be? You know, it could be probably up between uh, Simon Simon Donahue and um, one of the Rex. Connor Davis. Uh, no, I, I think Shane Rick is out. Oh, is he? Jamie and Jamie will be there, won't he? Damien will be on the team, but he was uh, more out in the half-back line than I'd imagine. Like, you know, he's, yeah. he, was, he was probably the best player we had against Waterford, I thought, up in Nolan Park, you know. Yeah, he'll definitely be on it. It's only where. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. is the question? I look at, no, it's maybe Gary is right. Like he, Gary Egan was still in trial trial mode now for the Waterford match, and he probably has his 13 or 14 nailed on for, for, for the match on on Saturday, and I would have to give him a bit of credit and and, and uh, for that, like you know, you you would think so, you would hope so. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm kind of thinking that the same with the Welsh Cup, as in like he had the training blocks done out. This is how we're training, and we don't know if we're going to be in the Welsh Cup final, but we're not going to veer from the training we planned. We don't know if we're going to be in the league semi final, so we're not going to veer from the training we planned. I'm hoping that's the way it went, and that's why those two performances were. We're so yeah, bad. sure. Look, at it. he he's picked up loads of experience uh, with Tipperary for five or six years. Part of Liam Sheedy's uh, setup or whatever. And all all intercounty management teams are, are like that. They are they are doing their blocks of training, whether it's hard stuff, uh, ball work, whatever like that. Like you know, the, the, it is all mapped out now. It doesn't always you know come to fruition or anything like that. Like you know, people like people get or teams get flat days when they just don't perform and uh, and stuff like that. But that. The whole senior intercounty management thing is that's the way it's laid out, you know. 
And then on the other end of the field, who from Galway do we think is going to be picking up Rory O'Connor? Because I'm sure they're making their plans for him as well. Well, he'd be three or four, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't think it'd be Dottie Burke. I'd say he'd go on Connor, uh, Connor yeah, Mack. Yeah. Yeah. He'll enjoy that physical battle with Mack, like, you know, and especially if he thinks he's going to go- get away with a few frees, like, you know, that, that'll obviously suit Galway. Probably Who Jack was... Grealish, would it be? Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a, sort of a rookie, isn't he? So, who would have been on him there the last couple of years when when, when we fed him? You now, Rory was more out the field. And I was at the match up that that drawn game up in Galway. You know, he was excellent. They were on wing forward, picking up loose ball midfield. You know, but I'm, I'm sure he's going to be inside on on, on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get it nice in there now. I think um, he might be fouled a few times as well, <laughs> and hopefully he actually gets the freeze as well. Fintan Burke was wing back in the league. Now the club put him back. He's a big, strong fella. Uh, I think I think they're about must have five or six kogs. Then do they go away? They seem to all their all their defenders seem to be left hand on top. No, I think um, Fintan Burke is still reeling from being absolutely skinned by Oshin Pepper out on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't think Dolly uh, Burke was too happy with him. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say. Who made the mistake for the for for, for Russian's goal? Oh no, it was, it was Dahi who made the mistake for the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he skinned. Um, then he skinned. Didn't, it? Yeah, yeah. We still have to be careful on the sidelines. Finton Burke is a serious man on the sidelines as well. It's not Joel Canning though, is he Ben? Well, I don't know. Let's give him. Let's give him a bit more time and see how he does. <laughs> you know? I didn't notice that Wexford. Like I noticed it in the very first round of the league against Limerick. Wexford were going for a shot from nearly every sideline that was anywhere within range. Mm. Uh, whereas Limerick was always short, quick options, making sure they keep possession. Uh, probably not a good example because Wex- Wexford won the game, but uh, we didn't. We didn't score any of the sidelines, and Limerick always were able to maintain possession from it. Dude, I know um, Calden Barr is excellent at him. Whether he starts or not is another story. But should sidelines should you just set, look at keeping possession do you think just I, think, I always have the opinion just play them out into the space like you know, normally your corner forward is more nippier than the opposition cornerback so if you, if you can give them a 10 or 15 yard run ad you're expecting your forward to, to, to get the ball in possession and hopefully score or lay it off or whatever like that so I always say play the ball across the field into the space you know yeah, so like leaving it open on the other side for the yeah, like you know, wing forward tight, pull it, pull inside into the middle and leave a bit of space on the outside for the corner forward. But like when you have players like Vincent Burke and Joe Canning, and um, we had a very good lad Ben there, tell you in the club there, Johnny Dwyer, sure, he drive a sideline over from 60 yards, you know. So like when they, when they go over, it's brilliant, when they miss, then you're 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 kind of raging on the line or whatever, like that. but Apart from Colin Lombard, there's nobody really capable of putting them over, you would think, like, you know. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the, the percentages is for, you know, maybe a, a smaller county ground like Wexford Park, maybe, you know, obviously we know about the wind in Wexford Park and that'll obviously affect it. But I, I imagine if you were in Crow Park or, or you know, Turles or one of those bigger stadiums, you'd probably have a better success of taking those sideline cuts, you know, closer to the goal and not actually getting them over. So if I was Darry Egan, would I be telling the lads to shoot when they're in Wexford Park? Probably not. But if you were to get later on down the line and you were, you know, it's a, a beautiful, fine summer day, I'd say you'd probably be better off, you know, 
even if it does go out over the sideline, you know, it gives you an opportunity. You'd have most of your lads probably in their positions anyway. You just have to get one lad back uh, to face up to the to the puck out. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a free shot at goal. So I'd probably take it. You know, if you had somebody with the, the talent like we do in Carl Dunbar, I'd say, you know, maybe not in a, in a game, you know, straight away in, in Wexford Park with the, the having to battle the wind and, and everything like that. But I'd say maybe later on down the line, if he's got the practice in, he's feeling confident and he's, you know, maybe he gets the first one, I'd say keep it up. So you're, you're waiting for the Leinster final to start scoring the Absolutely, final. yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's another fella caught in a bar where you're kind of 50-50. You don't know whether he's going to be starting or not. Now, he featured in a lot of the games in the league, but like you wouldn't say he's nailed on either to start now in the championship on, on Saturday. So I don't know. It's hard to know, you know. It's kind of hard for Cahill because I don't think he's found his proper position. You know, he was midfield for one of the games or he was certainly named to start at midfield. And, I, know, I, I think I would if probably I say, was having him on the field, I'd have him midfield. I don't, yeah, think, yeah. don't think he's physical enough for for the half forward line, and no, he can, get, he can get those points from distance as well from midfield. He was midfield last year against Clare, and he scored five points from play. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely after bulking up now. Last year, so him and him and um, Charlie McGuckey and definitely put on half a stone of a muscle. And look like Clare, he's shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever strength conditioning program they're on, it's working down there. But like, maybe one good game in a championship game could. He, he he might just take off as well, like you know, because when he moved to Gory there that first year in the club championship, he was electric there with Gory, you know, and probably was the, the re- difference and the reason why they went the whole way to win the county final that year, you know. He's, and same with IT Carlo as well when he was playing that bit further forward and he was kind of the, the main man up top for them, like he was scoring goals for fun. But I don't think we've seen that in the Wexford in the Wexford jersey. And we were talking about AJ Redmond playing that quarterback role, and I think Cahill probably would be better off. Maybe sitting in midfield, kind of spraying passes, taking those long range shots, you know, where he doesn't have to have all that much pressure when he can have that bit more time on the ball. That maybe midfield is his best position. He has been tried, you know, inside and in the half forward line, but maybe if he did have that bit more time and a few more options ahead of him, you know, it, he obviously has that, that good relationship with Connor and, and might be able to find him on the field as well. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only problem with him, if he was going to be. Co- Playing midfield is that he's you've got D and Kevin Foley there already, yeah, and possibly even Mogi. But um, again, it's good to have numbers in the squad because the squad will be needed for the for the Leinster Championship. It gives you so different there. options, particularly if a, a game's not going your way and you want to change something after sixty minutes. You know, you can probably move Kevin inside, maybe, or you know, move D that bit further back so we can get a bit yeah. more of a run at it. All right, lads. Before we go, we'll we'll get a few predictions off you. For our for our bets at the weekend, Aiden, are we going to beat Galway on Saturday? Evening? I'd I'd really like to see the weather forecast before <laughs> because I think if it's a if it's a nice bright day, you know, there's not too much of a wind. There's a, a big crowd down in Wexford Park. I think Wexford should win this game. If it's kind of one of those dirty games, you know, where there's not too many people getting excited for it, if the the hype isn't really there, I think Galway might come away with it. But uh, I think I'd be positive and say that Wexford would probably come out on top maybe by three points. And where are we going to finish in Leinster? I think if you were to look at all the squads on paper and, and what they've done so far, I'd say Wexford probably have the, the second best squad. You know, even though we got further than Kilkenny, I think Kilkenny still have, have more potential and will, you know, will be able to build from those two early games and be able to bring lads in and, and they'll probably reach the Leinster final. So I think if, if Wexford can get themselves to a, a Leinster final, 
if we can get Kenny in, in, in there before, so it, it, it could go either way. But I'd say Wexford are probably the second best team in Leinster at the minute. So we're going to get to a Leinster final anyway? I think so, yeah. All right, Cully, are we going to beat Galway on Saturday? That's a hard one to call as well, Ben, but like hopefully the home crowd will swing it for us. And as I said before, um, two inside men, Rory and Connor, maybe hit a really good day and we'll come out with a take a one-point win, obviously. We'll come out with a two- or three-point win. And I think that gives us the momentum then to, for the for the following game against Dublin. And, like, please God, if we could get two wins, you're kind of pacing yourself then for the Leicester final. So, yeah, I think we will scrape through. I think we will. I think we will be going on, on Saturday evening. And where are we going to finish in Leinster? Uh, we'll get to a Leinster final, so first or second win. First or second. That sounds good. We're very positive here. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying so. that. I'm enjoying those answers. I think we're going to be champions, lads. Leinster champions, then, or Ireland? <laughs> oh, Leinster. And then, obviously, well, obviously, it wouldn't be a championship season unless we got knocked out by Clare, would it? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not. <Yeah. so. laughs> that, that, was, that was just under Davy. <laughs> you just knew they were going to get Clare and all these uh, yeah. uh, draws, you know, and Davy thing uh, take over, like, you know, straight away. Uh, I, I don't think I could deal with another championship loss for Clare. We have to be kept away from them for another couple of years. I, I think I think Waterford are the team I want to miss out on. I don't want to have another one of those hammerings. I, I still seeing Desi Hutchinson's in my dreams, so I don't know what the Wexford cornerbacks are like, you know. So if we can keep away from them, I'd say it might be a decent year. What about Cork or Limerick then, Ben? Limerick. Oh, Limerick. I think so. Yeah. Um, Cork just need to sort out that centre, like. Yeah, no, I think it was going to be a, a surprise, big surprise over the weekend. I think Limerick could beat, or Cork would beat Limerick now in, in Parky Cueve, you know. They were like they're they're so confident in themselves. They 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 just wipe off that defeat there uh, against the uh, Waterford and, and won't be bothered on going out against Limerick. I think. I was just just looking at the Waterford players running through. And Mark Coleman as a centre-back getting drawn to the left, you know what I mean? And the space opens up. And the goal, the Stephen Bennett goal where Tim O'Mahony was in the centre and he's expecting him to put it over the bar so he doesn't bother. And then all of a sudden, cheers, I have to go after him now. Mm. I just think that's, I don't know, you really, they really need to improve on that aspect. Like, lads just running through and being allowed to go through now. I, I yeah, think I think... Too much. Cork are probably missing a destroyer. They probably, as silly as it sounds, they probably have too many hurlers in that team that there isn't just somebody there who's going to do the dog work, who's going to just, you know, absolutely take a lad out of it if it needs if needs be and, and you know, will will just, is happy enough to take yellow cards and, and tickens and all that kind of stuff. They're probably just a bit too, you know, James Scahill was talking about, they're missing something in the top six inches. Like, you know, they probably don't have that, mental capacity yet to get past a, a Limerick and I'd say if they were facing probably any other team other than Waterford maybe this weekend I'd probably back them but I just think that Limerick know how to get Cork riled up and obviously the Cork do have the, the victory over them already but this will be a different Limerick team come the weekend uh, Yeah, League Farm goes out the window now doesn't it like you know so it's, it's championship now um, That's why it's so exciting because yeah. you know you can speculate as much as you want during the league on Who's who's putting it all in, like, or where teams are? But we'll really know this weekend that where where teams are. Like, is Waterford Tipperary as well? Like, Tipperary are probably completely 
been completely written off and you know new management as well missing a lot of players Waterford after such a strong league but I don't know if you can completely write a tip, tip team off either No sure the record against Waterford would be so good over the last 10 or 15 years um, they've won 220 odd Ireland's so they have to have a few fellas coming through as well yeah. and they still they still have the likes of the McGrath to start and, and stuff like that so uh, if they're James playing Callan, which, James Callan probably won't be around his injury is kind of worse than they suspected so he's obviously going to be a big loss and I think Tipperary are one of those sides that the, the psychological blow of losing somebody like James Callan is kind of worse than the actual physical impact on the team that they'll you know, fans will start to get on their back that, oh God, we're missing Jamie. We have no hands. We've no chance here. So I'd probably back Waterford to win that game. We're going to ask a few quick fire questions. No offence now, Aidan. I'm, I'm not aware of your esteemed playing career. There is none to speak of there. So. <laughs> mind, I, I was a bit of a, fo- I was a footballer, but uh, no hurling to, to speak of. Sorry. <laughs> now, you you can say me for this question if, if you want you don't have it but it's an option it's your choice okay fine yeah who is the best player you have played with um oh, I, club wise I'd say Tommy Dwyer I'd say probably pound for pound yeah any reason I don't know like just for 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 the, the performance put him with the club but like Paul Morris would have to be up there as well like you know he's been uh, inter-county wise or anything like that he's been, had a great career you know and he hasn't had a mention there all night there, but I still think he, he could have a, a bit of say uh, in this extra team still, like, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't seen a bit more game time. Has he had any injury? He's had, yeah, I struggled with his knee, okay, all right, but I actually saw him playing a game there, out there in Central Vixens a couple of weeks ago, and, or the last week or two, and he's, he was very sharp. And, uh, you know, as I said before, I think we need one more good shooter in around the half-hour line. And... If the ball falls to Paul and he's on his left hand side, especially he has a free stroke, he nearly go for the white flag straight away, you know. If you were playing him, would you have him in the corner instead of Mikey Dwyer, or would you have him out in the half forward line wing forward? I'd have him floating around, yeah, floating around, picking yeah. up, trying to pick up a sharp ball. And like Paul's, he, he, he's sweated to offload it, like to runners and stuff like that. He wouldn't have, like, Paul, he's never gifted with electric pace or anything like that, but he definitely wouldn't have it now. Yeah, yeah, but it's hurting brain. It's, it's, he's always a yard ahead that way, you know. He frustrates the, the old school fan for... for Will you hate it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and, he, and he could feature now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if... He, if, he, if, if, if uh, He has a bit of a knee injury, but like he was talking about getting something done with it, but I don't know whether he's going ahead with it now. Uh, and might hold off until the, the group stages or something like that, like, you know, to be able to play his part, so... As I said, I, I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what team we have out on, on on Saturday, like you know. Yeah. Who's the toughest player you've played played against? Most player I played against, uh, I don't know. Probably Eugene Furlong from Glenbarrington, like you know. He was a tough man in his day. I was no playing like Colin Kyle. I would have marked a few of the cornerbacks, like and stuff like that. And say Eugene and Colin probably the two best to play against the backs, you know. What type of hurl did you do you use? I know this, but. Do I use? Uh, yeah. I've used them all, man. I haven't played, used a hurl in a long time, but uh, I would have used that from Dowling, Kilkenny to Randall, Brian Walsh, Philip Doyle. Give them all a, give them all a try, man. All right, now last one. If you had one player to go to war with, who would it be? I'm sure we'll have to say James Tonks, like, you know, because uh, <laughs> I never hear the end of it if we don't mention him, you know. <laughs> I, I was thinking the exact same thing there. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> for the last minor game, we gave Hurler of the Week to Simon Roach and Mowlert. Scored six points from play. And we got a few comments given out to us that we didn't give it to Killian Byrne. That's who I was going to say. Because yeah. so. apparently, according to a couple of guys, he scored two six from play. Two six? Was that? You know, I looked it up. I was at the game. He got two four from play, but that's still two four is still pretty impressive now. <laughs> pretty impressive, yeah. No. He did get two goals at the weekend again. If you were to, it doesn't have to be Killian Byrne now, Cully, but if you were looking at that game, who who would you be giving the best play, record player to? It could always cause a bit of trouble now, Ben, and give it to his bro- give it to his brother after under twenty team, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, no, he's very sharp. Uh, I really like that uh, Doyle chap midfield. Um, probably Saturday potential wise, Killian was very good at start, but it was uh, Kenny definitely put him under pressure after the first ten minutes. So I'd probably give it to the Doyle chap uh, from Saint Anne's in midfield. That's pot- party Doyle, is it? Party Doyle, yeah. Very good. And, well, um, Killian's been, been shunted again. I know, I know, I know. Four goals. Four goals. He has to score three goal. next week. I know, I know, I know. Fairness, in fairness, we have to give it to him then. I know. I know. Party. 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 Spectacular and like that to to go for it. So we we'll go with uh, Cully's choice of of Paddy Doyle. Yeah, no, very good player. Looking forward to seeing more of him in the future. Right, lads, thank you again. Did a crack anyway. If not, if nothing else, thanks, lads. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much. See you. See you now. See you, Gary. See you, Ben. <laughs> Is the best at what he did to ever play with. Unquestionably, was the best there ever was. My God, like, it was just so good. So good. A magician. I'm the youngest of the 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so called goal, uh, two tar barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Thanks very much to Aidan and Edward for joining us. Two very nice fellas. Bit of crack also. Unfortunately, Gary uh, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. I know we tried hard to get him, but... I, I told you what happened, did I not? No, you didn't. Well, you know, remember we were getting him for, he was supposed to be on doing the fantasy tips for us. Yeah, yeah, he'd agreed to do it. He'd agreed to do the fantasy tips video. Well, you know, he'd done a lot of research, a lot of research and he came to me with, n- not no joking, there was 76 pie charts he had. More pie charts? And there was... I said, why do you have those? And he started talking to me about VLOOKUPs and all different complicated Excel functions. And I just, I asked him, can you make a few of these simple and all? And he, but sure, pie charts are simple for Shane. Like he, he sees things through pie charts. Yeah, but Guy, there was 76 of them and he refused to drop any of them. Why, why didn't he turn up? It wasn't usable. And I said that to him and... 
he left in a huff and he's still he's still not talking to me hopefully you can patch things up for the next episode anyway thanks to everyone for listening we'll be back next week hopefully talking about a very good win thanks to our sponsor the Enniscorthy Credit Union take care Oh, Wexford. All right, Wexford!